You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lesko, along with your host, James Rapine. We're coming to you with a special edition of the weekend mailbag. It's July. Training camp hasn't opened yet, and that means we've opened things up. And some of you went the extra mile, and in addition to answering our mailbag thread and obviously following the podcast on Twitter, some of you went ahead and did the iTunes reviews. And that was a way to get an extra entry, an extra chance to join James and I for today's mailbag and ask some of your own questions. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about some of our questions, get a feel for where you're at as a fan. And today, the lucky winner is AC Wheels 10 on Twitter. His name is Adam. Adam, welcome to the Locked On Bengals podcast. How's it going, man? Are you excited to be here? What was your reaction when James sent you that message? Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I listen to this podcast sometimes twice a day. I can't get enough of it. I, I literally love it so much. And when James messaged me, I was fist pumping in the air. My boss at work told me I have a very nerdy fist pump. So I was okay with it. <laughs> now, as I understand it, you've actually met James before. You happened to run into him at a gym. And as coincidence would have it, you've won the the first iteration of this fan joins us on a mailbag my, my first question to you, and really the only thing that I want to know is, are James's arms bigger in person than they appear in photos or, or, I mean, you've seen them. What was the, what was the take? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I honestly didn't recognize him. I was like, oh my goodness. Like his arms are massive. Like they are, they are so much bigger in person. <laughs> I mean, I need to lift with him regularly, clearly. This was this was during the mask time still, and uh, so yeah, I, I get not recognized. That's funny, and you, you're uh, you're flattering AC. See, he's he's pumping me up here, but uh, it's the built bars for sure. But again, appreciate the the kind words, and hopefully, uh, Adam, I'll run into you again at the gym. But it is the weekend mailbag. You're here for a reason. You had a, a pretty good question, so go ahead, sound off. What's your your first question here for the weekend mailbag? Yeah, my question just was, if you guys could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would you eat? Not necessarily a a Bengals question here, but, you know, in July, we really appreciate actually getting a little bit of a break in the mailbag. Last week, you probably noticed, we we took a bunch of, you know, fun, silly questions and and had a good time with it, Had had some laughs. And this is a really hard question, right? Because no matter what you pick, I feel like it's going to get tired. So I feel like there are a few things to consider. One, I assume for the purposes of this question, I don't have to worry about scurvy. Like I'm going to get my vitamin C. I'm, I'm not worried about nutrition, no matter what food I pick. So it's, it's purely a what food would I enjoy eating for every meal? And then I kind of go to like something with multiple food groups that, that you could like maybe put hot sauce on one day or a certain spice on another day or, you know, some mustard one time and you could top it differently or maybe the condiments have to be the same. But 
regardless of all that, I'm going with a very non-strategic, very emotional choice and picking a pappardelle bolognese, a, a traditional Italian dish, just very simple, a, a nice meat sauce, some pecorino, some Parmesan over it because Parmesan is my favorite flavor in the world. Uh, besides Skyline, maybe that, and that's that sort of thing. But I would go with the the simple and staple Italian pasta dish. I'm going to try to cheat here. And Adam, I'm going to ask you, see, this is the fun part about a, a live mailbag is I can ask you, you can kind of be the, uh, the rule maker here. Can I pick Skyline and then do cheese conies in three ways? Are they separate? Are they part of the same meal? Is it under the same umbrella? How does that work? Nope, that's absolutely golden. You're hitting the, oh. the nail on the head there. Oh, well, then it's Skyline because I can do conies. I can do three ways. I can do a, a bowl of chili if I need to. Hell, I can throw that chili on some fries. Obviously, I got the hot sauce element like Jake mentioned. I can do the habanero cheese. Who knows? I could get really creative with, with some chili. So, uh, yeah, that's that, that's the way to go. And I, uh, I'd be bummed, though, because no more built Bars, but Skyline for me if I had to pick one. So... That's that's like a totally different question, though. That That's like what <laughs> restaurant, if you could only eat at one restaurant for every meal for the rest of your life, what restaurant would it be? But but it, I I think what, AC, correct me if I'm wrong, it has to involve the chili. Like I couldn't go there and get like a, a double decker or salad or something like that. And Skyline actually has a pretty good salad, I've heard, even though I'm not a salad guy. But is that fair or no? Yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. You got to kind of have to pick whatever the, the staple is for that restaurant is kind of what you got to roll with. And how you add to that is kind of up to you. I feel like that does change the question quite a bit. But also, I guess like so. So maybe it's like um, an Iron Chef episode, right, where you have to pick the the staple ingredient that they build the meals around. And, and no matter what, you, you, you know, the, the meal you eat has to feature prominently that thing. So, the, the, I don't know. You guys watch Iron Chef? Am I, am I aging myself here? Is that still a thing? It's a thing. I haven't watched it. You've never seen Iron Chef? Like clips. I, I've never, like, sat down and watched Iron Chef, no. Adam, have you ever seen Iron Chef? No, I haven't. I've heard about it, though, before now. So, Man. Okay. He's busy listening to Locked On Bengals, man. He doesn't got time for Iron Chef. What are you uh, talking about, Jake? <laughs> I, I guess so. I guess so. I get it. And and I would, if choosing between those two things, also pick Locked On Bengals. Adam, before we dive into a, a brief discussion about what you're hoping to see this season, any other questions? Just using this as a mailbag opportunity, or should we should we talk a little bit about what you're expecting from this 2021 season? Um, you know, I know that James went to UC and, you know, he's, he's been around, but what kind of drew you to Cincy? Are you from here? I don't feel like I have picked up on, you know, how you became a Cincy fan. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm from Cincinnati. So I grew up in St. Bernard, um, went to the university of Cincinnati, went to Raymond Walters for a couple years, uh, to save money before going to main campus. But yeah, I uh, grew up a Bengals fan. I remember Jeff Blake, the Darnay Scott and Carl Pickens. And some fans will be like, <laughs> I remember and go back another decade or two or more and some will go the other way. I, I don't know if you remember those days, AC, but uh, yeah, I go back to the, the bad days of the nineties. Remembering uh, watching the Bengals. Yeah, I didn't quite, didn't quite get there. I wasn't quite born yet, sadly, but <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jake? I was also raised in Cincinnati. I, 
would say I grew up a Bengals fan, but I don't really remember the Jeff Blake days as much as James, I think. Maybe because my memory before the internet is not so good. But uh, also, I, I think I've said this a few times, the Bengals really started to grow in my consciousness and, and football really started to grow in my consciousness when Carson Palmer was drafted, when Marvin Lewis came along. And that was like this big transformative moment for the organization. And it, it was such a big deal in the media. I remember the Cincinnati Inquirer cover page from when they hired Marvin Lewis and when they drafted Carson Palmer. I remember those. I might have kept them for a while even because I kept newspaper clippings when I was a kid. So I think that was it for me. But before we let you go, Adam, we know you're a season ticket holder. We know you're a big fan of the team. Being a season ticket holder, what are your expectations for this year? Are you looking for a playoff run or or what do you think is going to happen? So I've been thinking a lot about this. and I talk with my older brother about it. He's a crazy big Bengals fan, probably more than me. But I feel like I'm looking to sit around, you know, maybe I think best case scenario, honestly, would be nine, nine wins go nine and eight, have a winning season, possibly squeak that third wild card spot depending on how the the rest of the season shakes out. But then it kind of sets us up, you know, if we finish third in the division to to have a good schedule for next year, try and try and plan for the future when, you know, our team could be all wrapped up and we can see kind of how the defense shapes up and the linebackers and the corners, you know, the big question marks that we have, we can sort those out after this year. But I I really do, after looking at the the schedule, I think it's possible to to win eight games, you know, maybe maybe even nine or ten. Last thing, AC, and it's been fun uh, chatting with you a bit and answering your questions and vice versa. How did you become a Bengals fan? Are you just a Cincinnati native? Was it your brother? What was it? What era was it? Who was your favorite player growing up? All of that stuff. So for me, um, my entire family is Bengals fans. My dad moved to the Cincinnati area. He went to Fairfield High School when he was a sophomore and on. And then my mom went to Lakota when it was just Lakota. And then they moved just north of Columbus and they had me and my siblings. And it just kind of became the thing that we did on Sundays was we would watch the Bengals and they had tickets uh, shared with their family. So I got to go to like probably a game a year. Um, Definitely growing up as a kid, I loved Chad, but I don't think I really started watching till the the 2010s like intently and like knowing what's going on and i gotta say i think aj takes the cake yeah hopefully uh he he's a year late on my bold prediction i was bullish on green last year and it didn't work so hopefully he plays well for the cardinals this year i think it'd be fun to see him not go out uh, on the bottom like it was last year for a bunch of reasons but uh this was a lot of fun adam make sure you follow him on twitter at ac wheels 10 and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. We appreciate your your loyalty and your listening. And uh, hopefully we can see you again in person soon. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. I appreciate you letting me be on. Coming up next, we get into your questions on the weekly mailbag. And, well, we got a long one to start. And then we'll take some rapid fire ones to wrap up the show. The weekend mailbag continues coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The Suns are in the NBA Finals. Can Chris Paul get it done and get a ring? Or will a team out of the East 
get it done. Either way, you can bet on the odds right now. The Sun's the favorite at betonline.ag. Maybe you want to get in uh, on Major League Baseball with the Reds, Winker and Castellanos. They've been raking. Or maybe you just want to dive in on the Bengals. Either way, it doesn't matter. There's plenty to bet on at betonline.ag. You are watching the games. You might as well make money doing it. So head to the website right now and sign up today, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. So go to betonline.ag, promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with AC Wheels. We might be doing this again in coming weeks, but for the rest of today's episode, we continue with our regularly scheduled mailbag for the weekend. And the first question we're going to do today, James, might be a full segment. This question comes from Joel Chandler at Joel the Punk Kid on Twitter, and he wants us to answer Paul Daner Jr.'s survey. I believe this is the second year Paul Daner has done this, and he put together a fan survey, and there are a number of questions here uh, asking things like, how confident are you the Bengals are moving in the right direction, et cetera, et cetera. So, James, let's give Paul Daner some signal boost here. Go check him out at theathletic.com. This is a survey that he and Jay, I think, do together, Jay Morrison, the other athletic writer, and let's just go through it. The first question on the survey is, what are your realistic expectations for the 2021 Bengals? A top five pick again. Vegas is right, about six and a half wins. Around 500, but missed the playoffs. Playoff appearance, lose in first round, or playoff win? What do you think, James? They need to be around 500, minimum. So that's my expectations. I think it's a bit unrealistic to expect them to make the postseason after winning just four games last year. At the same time, if they win six games, is that real improvement with the 17-game schedule? If they win with a hopefully healthy Joe Burrow for that stretch, if they win seven games, is that enough? Heck, we had Lance McAllister on earlier this week, and he said, hey, I need them to be eight and uh, and nine or nine and eight in that range. And I think that is fair because at some point they're going to have to take a leap, and that's what I expect them to do this year because if not – then we're going to see the coaching staff evolve, or at least I think we should see another evolution as the Bengals try to to build around Burrow and put him in position to succeed. Real quick, James, I just want to clarify. Are you using expectations the way you used to use it, where you're like, this is what they should do for coaches not to get fired, or this is what like the Bengals' ownership should be setting as goals? Or are you saying, like, this is what you think will happen? Both. That should be the goal. And I do think that if Burrow plays for 17 games, that there's no reason why they shouldn't win eight to nine, given what we've seen from Jamar Chase and what we expect from Jamar Chase and not just him, this entire offense, this offense should average 28 to 30 a game. Like, I think that's an expectation that, that they can meet and it's reasonable. And if you do that in today's NFL, you should win some games. Now, maybe I'm giving Zach Taylor the benefit of the doubt a bit there. By expecting that but that's where I am just so everybody's clear on what James is saying here last year the Bengals averaged 19 points per game we're talking about them going from a bottom five offense in points per game to essentially a top five offense in points per game judging from 2020 averages in points per game but this James must mean 
Your answer to this next question is going to be affirmative. How confident are you the Bengals are moving in the right direction? If you think they're going to go from 19 points per game to 27, 28 points per game, I would assume on a one to five scale, one being not confident at all, five being extremely confident, you're closer to five here, right? Sure, they are going in the right direction because of number nine. And the moment you draft him, that that changes everything. That's why expectations are where they are. If Andy Dalton was the quarterback, then it would be 19 points a game with Jamar Chase and with T. Higgins and with Joe Mixon. It just changes things, right? And even if Zach Taylor does suck, which we don't know yet, I still think that this offense can be really, really, really good. And that's probably the one thing that uh, I'm pretty bullish on is this offense being good against most teams in most weeks this season. So I would give this a three. I'm right in the middle. I'm neither not confident at all, nor am I extremely confident. I've said this a bunch of times. I think there's a lot of potential, but I'm very much in wait and see mode. What number are you giving this? The Bengals are headed in the right direction, a confidence interval from one to five. I'm at a four. And again, it's because of number nine. And if if it was wasn't for him, then it would be like a two. And I totally get it outside of him. There's potential, but it's unproven potential that we need to see. So there's there's a lot of question marks, no doubt. I think there are even question marks around Burrow. I, I'm bullish on Burrow, but we need to see him take a step this year. And I think we will, which is why I'm not talking about it as a negative thing. But it's just, you know, there's there's room for improvement for sure. The next question in the list is, how would you rate the job done by the Bengals front office this offseason on a scale of one to five? It's a three, because I I think they should have been more aggressive in free agency to add another proven lineman that could be a day one starter. So we're not talking about Jackson, Carmen or insert whoever you wanted them to draft uh, as a rookie offensive lineman banking on him to protect Joe Burrow. And that's it. They could have used another defensive lineman as well. But we'll see in that area. At the same time, they did spend legitimate money and they did add 10 draft picks and address the trenches in the draft. So that uh, and obviously we were high on the Jamar Chase pick. So uh, I'll give them a three. Yeah, I think that if they had signed one other high quality lineman, like one of the very few high quality linemen that became available to improve their interior offensive line, this moves to a four. I didn't love necessarily what they did on the defensive side of the ball, but I also think it was, you know, fine. It wasn't bad. I think it was okay. So I'm very much with you there as a three. Next question. Well, I think we know your answer because you don't think he should be employed, but do you believe that Zach Taylor is the guy that can eventually (laughs) lead the Bengals back to the playoffs? This is one of those prove it. (laughs) I got to see it. it. It is very much in the air and until i see it it's a no because most if not all coaches that end up being high-end coaches don't start 625 and one regardless of the circumstances and i get it there's a lot of context that i i missed there but 625 one struggle in close games uh don't seem buttoned up when you know the pressure's on in these tight ones yeah yeah that's that's what uh that, that, that's the recipe for a bad coach. But he's getting a third year, so we'll see. If he could turn it around, he's getting that opportunity. He's got to take advantage of it. So yes or no, you pick no. I would also say no between those two options <laughs> right now. But again, like I've said for everything right now, like I don't really believe in much in this team, but I do believe there's a lot of potential, and I just don't know if they're going to reach it. Like I really don't have 
a, a gut feel one way or the other right now, which makes these questions pretty hard for me as somebody, because this is designed for fans, right? And fans are probably thinking, yes, 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 yes. We're very optimistic. It's June. Oh, it's July now. But next question. Will the Bengals win a Super Bowl in the 2020s? Is Joe Burrow the guy that will make oh. them win a Super Bowl in the 2020s? A whole decade you have to answer here, James. Well, I mean, look, the smart money's on no, right? Because we've got over five decades of no, even when they had Ken Anderson and Boomer Esiason. So they might even have the right quarterback and it just not work out because they play Patrick Mahomes in the AFC championship or, or one of these guys that is just so damn good or Tom Brady in the Super Bowl this year, right? Whatever the case is. But I I think that from a fan standpoint, as you point out, it's okay to be optimistic about it because it does feel like, and I do think Burrow is different and it feels different than it did with Carson Palmer, certainly feels different than it did with Andy Dalton. And that's got to get you excited. Now, Super Bowl, I'm just not there yet. And, and I can't really wrap my head around that. Get to eight or nine wins first, and then we'll start talking about playoffs. Last question we're going to be able to answer here out of Paul's list of questions, which is extensive. We've made it about 10% of the way through these questions, James, just so you know how inefficiently we're we're moving through here. Because, you know, for fans, you're just clicking next, next, next. You're not explaining your rationale. So very easy for you guys if you guys want to go fill it out. It is a very thought-provoking series of questions. The The last question we're going to do here is, when will the Bengals break their playoff victory drought? 2021, 2022, 2023, or later? It should be 2022. And hopefully that's the case. And now, again, if they win eight or nine games this year, add in free agency like I would expect them to do, 2022 is the year. Some would say, oh, well, it's going to take Burrow a year or two to adjust to life in the playoffs. Nuh-uh. Not this kid. I, I think he, if if he gets there, he's going to be competitive right away, and he's not going to have that you know the Andy Dalton first playoff game right where they just really struggle on offense. So we'll see. But I think twenty twenty two is a realistic target date. Some other questions in here that we're not going to answer that I find interesting. I look forward to seeing the results for. Do you worry about the team moving from Cincinnati? What are your feelings on the Bengals adding a Ring of Honor? Do the Bengals do enough to fix the offensive line? Do you feel the Bengals organization respects and values you as a fan? There's a real range of questions here. Paul did a great job and Jay did a great job of putting these together. And we'll check out the responses when they publish those a little bit later on. We'll continue the mailbag with some listener questions that hopefully won't take quite so long to get through coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. I use rockauto.com. You should too because you're going to stay on the road for less. The weather, it's hot. So your car reacts differently to the heat than it will to the cold. And it's also right now probably the time to do some regular maintenance, whether it's something as simple as adding windshield washer fluid or replacing your wiper blades, something more serious like a fuel pump, brake parts, motor oil, anything like that, even new carpet. RockAuto.com has you covered. They've been in business for over two decades. You need to check them out right now because you're going to save time. You're going to save money at RockAuto.com. Don't spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts. Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. 
We give Built Bar a lot of free time on this podcast just because James loves them so much, but we do it because they're great. They've got those nine delicious flavors, coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, all of those flavors covered in 100% real chocolate. They're delicious. They've got great nutritional value for most of the flavors. You're looking at 17 grams of protein just 130 calories. Most of them have just about four grams of sugar. You can't really beat that when you're talking about how tasty and varied these Built Bars are. So go check it out at BuiltBar.com. Maybe get a variety box. Maybe get a box of mint brownie, whatever it is. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll save 15% on your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, James, we're going to go quick. We're going to have a rapid fire mailbag here to close out the show. The first question we're going to do in this segment comes from T-Reb at Duder, the regular mailbag question asker, new Twitter name. Who is the biggest fantasy sleeper or value pick on the Bengals? Is it Mixon in round two if he gets there or does he get there? Or is it one of the wide receivers if you can get them in the mid rounds of the draft? It's Tyler Boyd because there's a scenario where he has 100 receptions this year. And, you know, bursts out for 1,200 plus yards and 10 touchdowns. He had a great rapport with Burrow last year. And he's the third of the Bengals trio of dynamic wide receivers. So especially in PPR, it's TB. I like that in PPR especially. I'm going to throw one out that dude or the didn't mention. And that is, how about Joe Burrow? You might be able to get him a little bit later than you could have in other years. And I know quarterback is not necessarily a fantasy premium position. But if you can get him at like QB 10, and he's a QB one kind of year, which, you know, seems within the realm of possibility. You could get some real value there. But let's go to the next question, James. Stan asks, will the first points by the Bengals this season be scored by someone wearing a number over or under 27 and a half? So <laughs> is that like Mixon is under and Mixon's over. Mixon's over. So Chase is under. Burrow is under. And that's it. Like there's some defensive players, maybe some some backup running backs. Who else is under? Yeah, I, I think that's it. But I so it's a Chase Burrow. I, I guess Chris Evans is under. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> could a you pick imagine six? Chris Evans scoring the first touchdown. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I could. I can imagine. Like first touchdown is is often, maybe not often, but like quite regularly not one of the big playmakers and also like all the defensive players or or maybe a special team so i'm gonna go over man like all those 80s tyler boyd t higgins cj zama they're all they're all way over i'm gonna go over but Auden tate is under too by the way Auden tate Auden tate's fan base was about to crush us for not mentioning him just now yeah that's a good catch that's a good catch so i think like it's really like (laughs) joe burrow rushing touchdown jamar chase touchdown versus the field is this question and I feel like you just take the field if you're not getting odds on number nine or number one. Yeah, that's fair. I agree with you. Next question comes from TRL at CNATI87. And he wants to know, James, how many game winning or game tying field goals? And I'm going to add the caveat here of in the last minute or two of the game, will Evan McPherson kick from 50 plus yards this year? Oh, my gosh. One, I mean, that's one is probably optimistic. I mean, that's a tough, 
that's a tough spot to be in. The Bengals are never going to try to to settle, right, for a 50-plus yard field goal with the game on the line. So I think one. I'll say one. What about you, Jake? Yeah, I was going to say one or two. I mean, <laughs> you're asking a lot here. I don't know how many 50-plus field goals he's going to attempt this year, period. I would say, like, the over-under on 50-plus yard field goal attempts for Evan McPherson this year is probably around, like, six and a half. And, and I don't know which way I would go there. I mean, I, I, if you're expecting this kid to be kicking 15, 50 yard field goals this year, uh, I don't know how fair that is to the rookie kicker. Yeah, it's, it's not, but, uh, hopefully he boots a a bunch of 50 yarders and wins rookie of the year. What do you think about that? Yeah, that'd be fun. (laughs) I don't know about rookie of the year, but (laughs) (laughs) It's Jamar Chase versus Evan McPherson for Rookie of the Year. Splitting that'd, be, that'd be really fun. Are you kidding? Splitting uh, votes on the same team. That's right. Uh, Natasha Bannister has our next question. She asks, what's more important, a good coach or a good quarterback? I, I saw this question, and I love this question. I have no idea how to answer it. I think it's good quarterback. I think that's harder to find. I think there are probably more elite coaches and there are elite quarterbacks although that depends on your definition of elite probably because for some people elite is like hard capped you can only have so many elite and so you would have you have to be in the top five to be elite no matter what you're doing but I feel like you can get but I feel like the threshold to win in the NFL is lower for coaching than it is for quarterbacking even if it's like you go back to Joe Flacco in that Super Bowl that the Ravens won Flacco by no means an elite quarterback but For that Super Bowl run, he caught fire and played like an elite quarterback. So even if you're not an elite quarterback, Nick Foles, you have to play like an elite quarterback to really win in this league. And you need good coaching for sure. Great coaching obviously elevates that. But I I think the bar is lower for coaching in the modern NFL than it is for quarterback play to really make a playoff push. No doubt. I think this one's like if I if you're telling elite quarterback or elite a head coach or very good or whatever adjective you want to use, give me the quarterback all day and I'll figure out the coach later. Because ask Bill Belichick, it's it's tough when you don't have Brady around, right? It's tough when you don't have that star quarterback and you're you're searching for that again. So hopefully the Bengals have one in Joe Burrow. And uh, I know Zach Taylor feels that way. And that's the thing, like if, if the Bengals win eight games, I don't know if we're actually going to know if Zach Taylor's a good head coach or not still, but it probably means Joe Burrow is on his way to being a top 10 quarterback or is a top 10 quarterback this year. And so that's that's where I start. Well, who's your quarterback? And then you kind of go from there. You know, I wonder if we were to look around the league, how many like great quarterbacks we would think are on really bad teams. Deshaun Watson is the one that immediately jumps to mind for me. But I think about like you use the, the Brady Belichick example. How about Andy Reid, like he had really good teams in Kansas City. And then he got Patrick Mahomes and now they're a juggernaut. And, and yeah. I think that tells you like, yeah, a good coach can get you pretty far. But once you get that good quarterback, especially to put it with the good coach, then things really explode. That's a good example, too. And that's the the main reason tying it back to the last segment that I am optimistic is of the two coach. Huge question mark. Burrow. Still a lot to prove, but I, I feel like that he's uh, he could be the guy, Jake. He could be the guy. I think that he just might be. He has all the intangibles at the very least. 
We didn't get to a bunch of questions today because we had Adam AC Wheels 10 with us for the first segment, and we took a really long question that we got about 10% of the way through for the second segment. So I think the plan is probably going to be to revisit some of these questions because we had a lot of really good ones on the next episode of the show. That'll be dropping on Sunday evening. So if you didn't get your question answered today, make sure you check out that episode as well because we're probably going to double dip. Double dip a little bit this week. Until next time, Bengals fans, hootay and have a good one.